What is the coaching culture like within your account management team? Do you have a clear definition of what coaching is and how it manifests itself within your team interactions? Have you ever found yourself getting frustrated that team members come to you constantly with the same issues and the same problems and that you're dragged into the drama, eventually giving them the answer or telling them what they should do? Being a great leader involves selling to your team, selling the mission, the vision, the values and the plan. How well do you empower your people to reach their own full potential, supported along the way with good, timely and accessible coaching conversations? I'm joined today on Camcast by friend of the show, Lisa Bryce, NLP master trainer and coach and author of the new book, Choose to Be a Coach, the Be Quick Guide to Coaching in the Corridor, at the coffee shop or on the computer, which is due for release in March 2022. For me, good coaching technique and a coaching culture within a sales team is fundamental to the success of the learning and development values that a high-performing team needs to live by. On this episode, I talk to Lisa about what coaching is and isn't, the dangers of telling when selling, what a leader must believe about their team before they can support through coaching, the five simple, clean questions that turn any one-to-one into a great coaching conversation. We'll take a look at Lisa's tried and tested Be Quick coaching model. And we'll finally look at the role of feedback in sales and where it sits in the coaching dynamic. So sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy listening to today's episode of Camcast. Welcome to Camcast. I'm your host, David Ventura, a key account management consultant at camguru.com. In this podcast, we explore the strategies, systems, and skills you need for effective key account management. We talk to expert guests and business leaders, sharing the tips, tactics, and techniques for looking after your most important customers. This is Key Account Management Made Easy. So welcome back to the show, Lisa Bryce. Lisa, I was just telling you before we hit record that in terms of the leaderboard of guests on the show so far, this is episode 28. You appeared on episode two, which is a lovely number because you are number two on the leaderboard for downloads. So I'm going to go as far to say uh, you are a popular guest for our listeners. Is that fair? Thank you very much. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. And actually, Lisa, we've been talking about doing this episode for a while now. And the reason we've been talking about it is because all of the busy work that you've been doing in the background within your business has been all around coaching and your new book about coaching, which is Choose to Be a Coach, which is the Be Quick Guide to Coaching in the Corridor at the coffee shop or on your computer. And we'll dig into what that means in a minute. I think for me, one of the things that that I'm asking sales leaders all the time is what is the coaching culture like within your account management team? And I'm often met with what's a coaching culture. I think we have a predefined understanding of what we think coaching is. And actually, when we start putting it in as a cultural attribute, it starts to challenge that understanding. Let me ask you, Lisa, I guess, as a straight off the bat, what for you is coaching? For me, in a very kind of simplistic way, it's the opportunity to ask a question so that somebody else discovers an answer as opposed to tell somebody what to do or what could be a solution to a to a problem 
Yeah. So it's about encouraging an uh, environment of people taking responsibility, thinking creatively, coming up with their own solutions. And that then has massive impacts in terms of productivity and performance for a business because you've got people that are engaged and feeling that they're part of the solution rather than abdicating responsibility. Yeah. Abdication is a big word, isn't it? Because often delegation gets mistaken for abdication. We think we're delegating and in reality, we're just saying, can you do this? I get a lot of sales leaders uh, say to me that they just, they don't understand why the team can't just do what they've been asked to do or that, you know, I've shown them a hundred times already. Why can't they just follow my instructions? Uh, Surely it's just common (laughs) sense. And I love it when a sales leader says, I wish just everyone would think like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet, well, there's two things to that. One, no one thinks exactly the same as another. I think, you know, you and I will both be familiar with the NLP presupposition that the map is not the territory. We all live in the same territory. We all have a different map of the world. And that really speaks to that. Everyone will think slightly differently and have a different way of, and a different perspective on what's going on. But the other thing that I think is really important, particularly within sales, it would be absolute carnage if everyone was the same. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And exceptionally dull as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For, for everyone, not, not just for ourselves in the business, but for customers as well. I think it's really yeah. important that we have that eclectic mix of resource, uh, I guess, to, to, to draw upon. Um, so, what, well, listen, I've already said that, that I get met with the whole what is a coaching culture. We, we've, we've defined it there, and I think... You know, so my definition, I always tend to draw back to Sir John Whitmore's language around around coaching. I think he once said that coaching is unlocking a person's potential yeah. to maximize their own performance. It's helping them to learn rather than teaching them. So there is this massive difference, isn't there, between coaching and simply managing or mentoring. What what are the big pitfalls that you think? So, you know, if leaders are thinking, yeah, all right, I get that. And actually, I want to empower my team. I want them to come up with their own ideas. That's the ideal scenario where I don't have to do all the thinking for them. What are the pitfalls they need to be aware of as they start to embark upon introducing more of a coaching dynamic within a sales team? I think that the biggest thing is that often the manager will feel like really responsible for the performance. And so there there is an innate fear that the employee or team member isn't going to come up with a solution that's going to work and that is going to be viable. And often managers are experienced. They've been in the business for a while. They know what the likely problems are. And so it's just so easy for them to tell somebody what to do. It just trips off off the tongue because it's obvious to them. And I think there was an IBM study that was done a, a few years ago, and it said, nine out of 10 questions that a junior manager asks a senior manager, the junior manager already knows the answer. (laughs) And what they're looking for is just some reassurance. So is it okay if? And so if we're continuously telling people what to do and how to do it, the meta message of that is that we undermine their confidence. Yeah. And eventually they stop coming up with ideas and to a certain level they disengage I mean, coaching is um, one of the four engagement drivers that was recognized in the 2009 big engagement study about what, what actually creates engagement in, a, in an organization. And managers that coach were one of the four drivers. 
So if we want to tap into that discretionary performance and have our people performing to their maximum potential, then coaching them is one of the things that's going to get there. The other three, just to kind of remind maybe not you, but certainly um, the listeners, is having a really good strategic narrative, being able to, to tell a story about the the why why we're here doing what we're doing and the purpose. The other one is to allow employees to have a, a voice so that they feel that when they're making suggestions and ideas that some of them get listened to and, and implemented. And the, the third one, apart from the managers that coach, is called organizational integrity and for me when I'm working with senior leaders I look them very squarely in the eye and say that's not organizational integrity that's your integrity <laughs> that's that's you doing what you say you're you're gonna do yeah and if we can get those four in place then we have an organization that is actually high performing and we're tapping into the full potential of the profitability of of the business, the performance of the team members. So for me, it's critical to shift this, what I would call tell mentality to a more of a sell mentality. Mm. Mm. I like that. There's a couple of things I want to just draw back on, actually. Something you said right at the start there, because I think it's fundamental that we as leaders and as coaches have to believe our coachee has the answers. Yeah. If we actually start doubting them, then that's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy in itself. They are going to then in turn probably doubt themselves. And and let's face it, many of the best answers aren't on the tip of someone's tongue. They aren't in the, the conscious. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got to dive a, a little bit deeper. So we as a coach, we have to totally believe that our coaches and our team members have got have got the answers. Mm. And then I guess to your point around confidence and and the the you know reduction in confidence um that that we might get from a team member when we just keep telling them what to do because actually we're reinforcing the you don't know so i'm going to tell you kind of message yeah. it's it's also a thing about being the line of least resistance so the, the the positive intention if you like from from the team member when they come to you with a boss how do i do this and they've asked you how do i do this particular thing a million times already and you're thinking well, I've really got to tell you again, have I? Yeah. The reason that they're asking you is because you keep telling them. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's the line of least resistance, right? And we're all programmed for that. We want to get the answer quicker. Yeah. And I think there is something, well, there's, there's a couple of things. I'll come back to the believing that that person's got the answers because sometimes in some contexts, in some circumstances, coaching isn't actually the best solution and i think recognizing that it's a toolkit that a manager or leader has you know it's a tool in their toolkit i think is important because sometimes the competence or confidence of the person is such that they actually need training or mentoring or maybe it's appropriate to to delegate and in my experience there are lots and lots of coaching opportunities that every single day leaders miss because it's quicker or more effective to, or they believe it to be quicker and more effective to just tell somebody what to do. But then, of course, as you described, they get into that loop of tell, 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 tell. Yeah. I can remember when I first had my first ever management job way back, and I won't even tell you how many millions of years ago that was. <laughs> and my boss at the time said to me, 
when somebody comes to you with a problem, tell them to go away and come back to you with the problem and then there are two potential solutions to it. So then you can have a discussion about what they could do about it rather than just solving it for them and solving it for them. Because otherwise you end up doing their job and your job. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a large team, you you just run ragged as a as a leader because you're doing everybody's job. And why are you paying them to do their job? Yeah, when when you're doing it, it's like it's a little bit crazy. And that's a really simple technique, isn't it? And it and it kind of speaks to the it kind of speaks to something you hear a lot of people say as a sort of a mantra, and that's the "Don't come to me with problems, come to me with solutions." Yeah. Right. The danger, of course, is that if it is translated from good practice and good technique in terms of asking someone to go away, come up with a couple of solutions to accompany the question. That That's one end of the spectrum, which is good technique. Of course, the mantra is the other end of the spectrum, which could become a bit of an irritant. And actually, yes. do we do we really want team members thinking, oh, he's just going to come up with some of those, one of them dodgy little catchphrases again, and, and it's going <laughs> to annoy me. It doesn't work, yeah. No. <laughs> there, is a, there is a level of skill that is involved in asking some of yeah. these style questions. And that's why I developed this model, because I wanted to have a model that worked in this situation where you've got time-pressured, time critical executives that are juggling lots of balls and the easiest thing for them to do by their kind of map of the world as you describe it is to just tell someone the answer whereas they could ask two or three questions that would just have the person think a little bit and maybe buy into coming up with a solution or maybe buy into whatever is agreed as a solution and then they're far more likely to implement it. Because we all know if someone says, hey, this is a really good idea, off you go do it. If you don't really believe that that's a good idea, you're really half-hearted about doing it, if you do it at all, or it just goes to the bottom of your to-do list. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of doesn't, doesn't happen at all because you didn't believe in the thing in the first place. Yeah. So part of, part of this coaching style approach is to have to give the person the opportunity that's being coached to to really kind of buy into, which is why I, I like the kind of selling idea. It's like, as a leader, I think we're selling ideas. Yeah, We may work in an organization where the company sells products, or services, mm. Mm. but as a leader, we're selling an idea for somebody to do something, maybe differently. Yeah, yeah. And and we do have to sell it to people. It's, it's that influencing with integrity bit Absolutely. again. And yeah. we have to sell it to busy people and yeah. we are busy. Yeah. And so I think what you're alluding to here and, and certainly, you know, in, in the model that you've created it is fast. It is it is accessible. It is simple to use. And as listeners of the show know, I believe in the simplicity of life and, and, and with the same understanding, of course, that the things that are simple aren't always that easy. So there is a level of skill that, that's, that's needed. Some listeners might be thinking about the topic of today's podcast, you know, choose to be a coach and thinking, yeah, "Yeah, but coaching means I've got to start putting aside like, you know, an hour a week to sit down in a room where two chairs sort of set out almost like a therapy suite. And and, and actually what you're describing is that coaching can happen on the fly. Yeah, absolutely. So so tell us a bit bit more about the model and, and the foundations for it then. So pretty much as, as you've just said, David, the idea to me came from the fact that everybody 
in this world and it seems to be getting quicker and quicker and faster and faster and there's more more demand and, and less resource and a lot of my clients were saying to me I just don't have time for 45 minutes or an hour formal coaching session with somebody so the idea of this is that you can do it in seven minutes mm. and you could do it in you could do it in less and it's uh, just a flip of instead of making a statement just can you turn that into a question and so at the very kind of most easy to remember um, scenario we could distill it down into five questions so what's happening now what would you like to have happen what could you do what are you going to do when should we check back in right. so we could literally just have those five questions mm. and have the person other person answer so maybe that's five questions more than the person <laughs> was going to ask anyway mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're only going to have to do it once yeah. they're not going to get in that repeating that repeating loop and the model itself is a little bit more sophisticated than that one would hope and um, it's, a very, it's a very short book otherwise is it it's a, it's a really, really short book with lots of white space and some pictures <laughs> that was my goal when I decided to write a book Excellent. I wanted a short a short book with white space and pictures and I wanted it to be easy so the idea is you can read the book in like 90 minutes it's not long. It's not onerous. You can pick up a chapter and flip through the pages and just focus on on one little bit. You can dip in, you can dip out. Yeah. Um, because I really get that we are so time pressured in in today's world, and we're and we're juggling loads and loads of balls. Mm. So all good models, either are squares, circles, or triangles, or they're mnemonics. So. <laughs> Um, or a mixture we, of all of the above i mean that would yeah, be in... that, that would be fabulous i'm sure i can i'm sure i can find a, i'm sure i can find a shape so be quick the idea is the instruction is be quick you can do this quickly which is a little bit of an oxymoron when we think about coaching and how do you coach quickly mm. and the idea is that this is a coaching style conversation of course we can use the model to have a longer more formal coaching session and equally you can do this when you're walking around you can do it you know if you're sitting on the computer and having a chat with somebody it's mm. more about having a style a way of asking questions instead of being more at the directive end of the communication spectrum mm -hmm. so the mnemonic stands for be be present so that stop get focused get present be with the other person because it's mm. very to have our attention somewhere in the future what's just gone on in the previous meeting and when we meet somebody we're busy typing on our keyboard we turn around we have a look at them we have a conversation while we're doing this but we're still doing something else and actually that's not great as a as a meta message and you can't really listen and understand so the first part is like be be present with them the q stands for question the situation so what's actually going on now Tell me about it. Is there anything else that I need to know about it? So at least you get a little bit of the context of it. The U then stands for understanding the outcome. So there is always a direction of travel towards what the person wants rather than what they don't want. And often when I'm working with people, they tell me, I don't want to upset you. Or, I don't want this to be difficult. I don't want this. I don't want that. And it's like, well, what do you want instead? Tell me what you do want, not what you don't. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that whole kind of don't think of a purple spotted orange 
And what have you just thought of? <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to get a purple spotted orange out of your head now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, now you've got a purple spotted orange. Um, so the use, the understand, the outcome. The I is investigate the solution. So what could you do? What have, yeah. you, what have you thought of so far? What have you tried before? Who do you know that might have an idea about what you could do about this? Come up with a bit like brainstorming, come up with as many solutions as you can. Yeah. The C is conclude on the action. So what are you going to do? How committed yeah. are you to doing it? And then the K is, well, let's keep in touch. Let's check back in. So that's creating that accountability and that responsibility so that you're putting the ownership of the action very firmly with the team member rather than with the, the manager yeah. or the leader. Camcast, key account management made easy. I want to circle back to your five questions because I think that, so the model I think gives us a lovely flavor of the style and the formula and the important components of what is essentially, and, and as you said, it's a guide to coaching in the corridor yeah. and, and it, and it's a guide that really does hold your hand. I mean, it, that's a that is a Ron Seal job does what it says on the tin uh, model there. And when you boil it down to those five questions, the simplicity of those five questions probably means that absolutely anyone can stick that coaching hat on. Yeah, absolutely. They're not complicated questions. They're they are a couple of them are what we call clean language questions, which. Mm comes from the work of David Grove, who, when he was modelled, I think it was for about 10 years, to find out how exquisitely he asked these questions. So they're not necessarily grammatically correct. And they're designed to, the reason they're called clean is because they are questions that don't contaminate the other person's response. Yeah. So I don't say, do you think it's like this? And you have to say yes or no. Yeah. I kind of say, how is it? Yeah. And you can say whatever you want. You can choose whatever you, whatever you want. So I'm not influencing or contaminating your response. Contaminating is a good word there. I've, I've never thought of it as, uh, as clean language and clean questions being, you know, to, to avoid contamination. But actually, that's, that's a really nice way of putting it because just one additional word in a question can mm. completely lead influence and guide someone in the direction of your thinking rather than theirs so that lack of contamination is i think really really important do you think there is a uh, this here we go i'm gonna ask a leading question now yeah, uh, for, uh, for, <laughs> for one that i think i know the answer i'm just yeah. keen to understand and i'm curious to understand yeah. your thoughts on this the ability to be clean in questioning whilst also being someone in a senior level of sales management who has been there before, done that, got the T-shirt, got the war scars, mm -hmm. and probably knows the answer. Yeah. What's the correlation between that ability to be clean and someone who's earned their stripes? I think it's harder mm. to be. If you don't know anything about your topic, it's much easier to be clean because you've got no idea. So if I started asking you to coach me, David, on how to improve my horse's half pass, for example, mm -hmm. you could probably be really clean. Yeah, because yep, you lost me at horses. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that would be quite easy for you to ask me questions. But if, if I was asking you how I could get better at my key account management, that's probably going to be much harder for you to be clean because in your yeah. head, 
pop loads of ideas. Well, Lisa could do this and she could do that and she could do this. And, she, and the more helpful you want to be and the more supportive you want to be, the easier it is for your advice monster to come yeah. out yeah. and you to start telling somebody with the best intention mm. to do. But that's a mentor. That's what a mentor does. A mentor says, in my experience, with my expertise, this is what I would do in this situation. Mm. And that's the mentor contract. So, so you you used the word I was absolutely guiding towards there, which is contract. So, do so do you think? I guess the importance. It's not a do you thing. I think I'm going to own this. I think the contracting and the positioning of the relationship is so important, so that a you understand what hat you're wearing at any one moment in time. Because let's face it, most sales managers are wearing the coach hat, the manager hat, the mentor hat, um, the you know the director hat sometimes. You know, there are lots of different hats that they've got to wear and often as well carrying their own quota. So they're salesmen as saleswoman as well. So there are all these different hats that, that they've got to wear. So they've got to understand they've got to contract themselves in, if you like. And they've got to be really clear on the expectations for their team member on, you know, their style. So I often find that it's really important in a contracting conversation to say, now there'll be things that we'll discuss that I'll obviously undoubtedly have an opinion on. And you'll understand, and I'm using the hypnotic language now. Yeah, you'll you'll understand that I will choose to hold back on my advice and my opinion, and rather ask you some questions to 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 uncover yours. That doesn't mean that at a later date, at an appropriate time, I won't be able to give you some advice. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, it's important that we stick to a coaching conversation which is empowering you to find your own solutions is is that all right and I, and I'd, I'd be asking that sort of is mm. that all right at each stage of the contracting conversation is that i mean that's how i would 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 do it when you listen to that description is that something that you would recommend or am i doing it all wrong and you've got a better way <laughs> tell me about that i think that I I really like that. I think that whenever we have a a new team member, I think it's really important as part of their welcome experience that you have, we used to call it, I used to call it an expectation meeting. So you sit down and do that contracting. This is how I like to work. How do you like to work? What's important to you? And I would at that stage talk about the difference between when I've got my coaching hat on, when I've got my mentoring hat on, when I'm going to give them one-to-one instruction and potentially there'll be a point whereby we'll be able to to delegate and delegate well and agree an outcome and the boundaries for a project, for example. And then they go off and do it and we just have check-in and and milestones and and that's absolutely fine as well. So I think that I sometimes, once you've had that initial kind of, you know, we're going to put different hats on kind of conversation, and I really like that as a metaphor. Once you've had that conversation, I think it's really easy to be able to, on the hoof when you're walking along, go, I'm just going to put my coaching hat on for a moment. I'm just going to, I'm just going to take my coaching hat off and put my mental hat on. And sometimes yeah. I'll be in a full-blown two-hour executive coaching session, and I'll, I'll say to them, I think I'll just take my coaching hat off now. Yeah. Would you, yeah, would you like some advice? Do you want to hear what my opinion is in this situation? Yeah. And sometimes they say yes, and sometimes they say no. And you can contract, you know, you can flex yeah. that contracting once you've had the initial overarching conversation. I think that's really valuable. 
and and there's a thing there so you know you talk about this being selling um and selling it to people and selling the idea and selling the yeah. notion to them that they know their own answers and all of that kind of stuff um within sales of course there's a piece around gaining permission um yeah. and i think that that so what you're describing there is it would you like me to take my coaching hat off for a moment and stick the mentoring one on would you like some advice um, yeah. Would you like me to make an observation? Um, or yeah. is it okay if I make an observation? I think there's there's a really important um, piece around permission there. Um, mm. That then yeah. s- again, it sets it up. It, it contracts and 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 sends you off in a sort of per- permitted sort of new route, if you like, within the conversation. Yeah, and I think it's the same for feedback as you're saying that. I think for me, it's really important to ask somebody if they want feedback. Yeah. Would you Would you like some feedback? So the same. Yeah, the same principle applies, I think, almost in any interaction. Mm. Feedbacks, uh, well, hey, that's a whole other episode altogether. That's a whole other podcast. Um, Does feedback feature within the Be Quick method? Um, Or as you're describing, is it, uh, would you like me to uh, give you some feedback? So are they, can they cohabit within a conversation uh, together neatly and comfortably? Or uh, I guess, what are the risks? You know, tell me about how they interact. Yeah, I've kept the book really discreet around how somebody comes to you with a problem, because that's typically when you're more likely to offer a solution and tell somebody what to do. Mm -hmm. They go, hey, you know, boss, hey, you know, Mr. Mr. Sales Director, I've got this issue with. And it's then so easy for that person to say, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Mm-hmm. So this particular model is then aimed at, okay, so tell me a little bit about the situation. What's happening now? Mm-hmm. What, what do you want to have happen? What's your, what's your outcome? What would good look, sound, feel like? And then, okay, so what, what could you do about it? What are you going to do? When should we check back in? It, for me, Feedback maybe sits in a it's a review of a past perform a past performance or or behavior. So feedback for me is information about past behavior. Yeah, and so it would be about something that I had seen or heard somebody do, and then an expression of how I experienced that, so that I give them more information about the impact that they're creating. And that then for me is when it becomes really useful. So it could well sit at the end, well, when should we check back in? The person may then come back and we go, well, how did it go? Yeah. And then we may do a review. And at that point, we may start to use a a feedback model at that point. So we're going to do another episode on sort of feedback-led, we'll call it coaching, um, conversations. In the sense that actually it's sort of like a post-call, post-meeting, manager has maybe observed salesperson doing something or listened in to them doing something, maybe watched a demo that they've done. I I think this model fits absolutely perfectly within that context and that environment. The bit that probably pre-fixes at the start is, you know, a, I suppose two things. One, this is my; these are my observations from what I've just, uh, you know, seen or, or heard. And two, what normally happens at that point is the sales manager will say, "How did you think that went?" Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the "How do you think that went?" question? I think it depends on how it's delivered. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, so, if it's done with curiosity and a genuine desire to open up. 
a, a conversation and it's missing uh, any element of judgment or criticism, mm. then it it's okay. There are other questions that may be better. So I might say to somebody, you know, I saw you talking to Mary and, you know, I heard you say, and how I experienced that as X, Y, and Z, and use that as the kind of what's happening now part of the Be Quick model. And then I might say, instead of what was, so in the outcome bit to understand the outcome, I might then say, so what were you aiming to achieve? What was your outcome in in that conversation? What 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 were you intending to have happen as a result of mm-hmm. that? Whatever it was that I just seen, and then they go do 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 do, and they tell you, and then you go, okay, so did did that happen? Did yeah. you achieve that your yeah. outcome? More often than not, they didn't, because otherwise you wouldn't be having the conversation. Yeah. And so then you can go, okay, so there's a gap between what you wanted to have happen and what actually happened. Mm. So if this situation occurred again, what could you do differently? You're into the what could you do, investigate solutions. They can come up with solutions out of all of those, what sounds good, what are you going to try, we'll give it a go, then let's see. And we're back into that feedback loop again. Yeah, nice. And I I like the fact that actually you're you're able to – stick within the structure um, and let the structure do the heavy lifting for you because that, that that's really important I think in any style of management and leadership is to have these structures in place that that give you a framework to keep you to support you as the as the manager and as the coach yeah. in, in that scenario there, there was some let me just tell you one thing because there was something that I had a, a, a trainer that kept saying this phrase and I really really liked it and I was reminded of it as you said which was let the structure let the structure take the strain yeah yeah and that if you've got if you've got a structure just just sit stick to it it will you know it will sort it out it's tied you know this model is tried and tested you know I've been testing it and using it with a whole series of clients and they've been testing it and using it with their clients for the last three years so it's pretty robust it's not I haven't written a book about something that doesn't work you know it it does surprise me when people come back and they go you know what that actually worked and you go yeah I'd waste my time training you about something that doesn't work like why would I do that it's like it's really funny I love that Anyone that's listening to this thing and they want to get a copy of this book, when is it going to be available for public consumption? Yes, 24th of March, publish my book. Nine o'clock in the morning, apparently. It's a good time to publish a book. All all the best books are published at nine o'clock in the morning. One of the things that we'll do, Lisa, for for listeners is on the page, on on the show notes page on our website, it's camguru.com forward slash podcast check out the show notes and we'll have a quick form there for anyone that wants to be notified as soon as the book is out so we'll 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 get that on the uh, on the show notes page just pop your details in there and and you'll get a notification uh, from lisa as soon as the book um is available Uh, just just going back to this the, the cultural piece because i think there is something in this around you know particularly when i talk about the sort of you know how do you feel that went uh, question mm. for and in my experience and i'm going to make sweeping generalization now and you'll forgive yeah. me for doing so <laughs> you'll forgive me <laughs> i think not- it, <laughs> in my experience when asked how do you think that when there is often an immediate trigger in the salesperson's brain that says the only reason you're asking me that is because you don't think it was that good 
Yeah. So and th- so then it comes back to this piece around all of this being simple and needing some skill and needing some practice. And to be a great coaching practitioner, you've got to practice so that culturally the feeling in the team is that these conversations are valuable, that that, that they impart value on the individual, that that individual is then empowered to to strive for and reach their full potential. And in doing so, the team succeed, the business succeeds. There is a a growth piece at play when people are allowed to to develop. Is that, you know, uh, this is a big question, I guess. How, How big is the gap between saying, this is a great idea and I want to get better at my coaching culture and actually reaching a space and a place where good coaching conversations are acknowledged, recognized and expected and the value is just seen. How big's the gap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. <laughs> um, so I've been fortunate enough to work with some really fabulous leaders and there's not really a gap. Yeah, you know, it that you know it's something that they value. It's something that they yeah. it it's just part of their style. And then for other people, it's completely different than they ever experienced when they were learning their trade and working their way up through their industry. And so, of course, they they do what they've always known and and experienced. So, for me. I do think there is an element of practice. I do think there is, as with any change, there's a an awareness piece. And then there's a, oh, I didn't even know that existed, followed by, oh, look, I've just realized I've just done it like that. And then, oh, look, I'm doing it like that. And then, oh, look, I'm just about to do it like that. And then we can kind of self-coach ourselves. Yeah. And that cycle of getting something into the muscle is, has got a lot of repetitions in it so to get it into the unconscious yeah mind it's going to be about 3000 repetitions so how somebody chooses to do that and how quickly they choose to do that is, is going to be individually different i think it it's very useful to have some sort of training it's also really useful to have practice groups practice offline not with your you know practice with co-patriots I suppose people that you know aren't reporting to you so that you can you do your practice you do your practice offline and you you kind of make your mistakes that way so I really like how setting up like if I've run a in-house coaching program in a company I quite offset quite often set up coaching circles where people coach each other and they give feedback to each other Mm. and the skill level kind of in increases and it is a skill and I genuinely think with with this model that even if we just ask those five questions yeah even if we just turned a statement into a question put a question mark at the end of that we'd be moving you know one step closer to better yeah yeah it's definitely a step in the right direction yeah any any small incremental change can make a massive difference when you start you know one percent by a hundred people is is a hundred percent. Yeah, you know that can then impact on the on the bottom line. So small improvements, small incremental improvements that aren't onerous or time consuming can have an exponential impact on on performance. Yeah. 
It's time for the Camcast Killer Question. So I thought with today's killer question, we could ask our listeners several questions together. Um, because actually, uh, you know, listening to you explaining the Be Quick model and the simplicity of each of those stages, if we've got listeners thinking, I'd like to get better at my coaching, I'd like to introduce coaching to my team dynamic and my one-to-ones and you know maybe my sort of after meeting process and check-ins with uh with 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 team members um then actually your simple five questions could be the all, all that's needed to get people reflecting today so um I'll, I'll ask you lisa then just to just to once again give our listeners those five questions in sequence for anyone mm-hmm. sitting there thinking how do i introduce that coaching culture uh in my business Okay. So what is happening now? What would you like to have happen? Mm -hmm. What could you do? What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. And when should we check back in? Nice. And I think the when should we check back in, I would encourage people to discuss this with a peer, with a colleague. You know, think of another one of your colleagues in the business that's also in a similar position to you they've got a team themselves they you've been talking together perhaps about wanting to get better at coaching you know buddy up and and hold each other to account on some of these changes i think boiling this down into one little soundbite is going to be impossible i i would encourage anyone to take a read of the book once it's out um but also get in touch with with lisa if you want to find out more about about her style and the coaching programs that, that that she offers. Having been on on Lisa's coaching programs, I can wholeheartedly recommend her work. Lisa, tell us how people can get in touch with you if they want to find out more. Easiest way to get in touch with me is lisa at lisabrice.co.uk. Awesome. It's a Ron Seal job. It does what it says on the tin. Lisa, uh, thank you for coming back to the show. Thank you for imparting more wisdom on us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on Camcast. My pleasure. Delighted to chat with you again, David. So there we have it. Another simple model for getting higher levels of performance from your teams and, of course, yourself. Perhaps you're left questioning whether the good coaching that you've done in the past was, in fact, advice-driven mentoring or delegation or even abdication. Perhaps you're hearing how you run the risk of contaminating your team's ideas and that you need to be cleaner in the questions that you ask. Perhaps you've been screaming out for a structure to take the strain when you introduce coaching to your team catch-ups, whether they're formal or informal, in an office or in the corridor. The Be Quick model is beautifully straightforward and a hat that anyone can wear. The results really will astonish you and my wish is that if you're listening to this with a curiosity and a desire to develop your performance enhancing tools, then take a look at the show notes at camguru.com forward slash podcast to get your head around the model and ask these five clean questions in your next one-to-one session with one of your team members around a current blocker, challenge or issue that they might be facing. As always here on Camcast, I'd really like to hear from you and hear how you're getting on with developing this really important skill set for you and your team. And if there's anything else that you'd like us to explore here on the show to make your key account management more effective, more productive, bringing you better returns, then do get in touch via the website. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Camcast, a podcast brought to you by camguru.com, one of the UK's leading key account management consulting and training organizations. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate you sharing it with your connections, giving us a review on your chosen podcast app and letting us know what else you'd like to hear in an upcoming episode. You can find the show notes for this episode on the website at camguru.com forward slash podcast.